Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rise Podcast. Now, I know it's been a long time since we got an episode out. Uh, we apologize for that. So me and Taruj, aka Speakeasy GG, have been very, very, very busy in our daily lives, unfortunately, outside of gaming and content creating. Uh, wild to think about that in the middle of a pandemic, but we wanted to get another episode out. However, Tarush is still just a little too busy. But like I said, we want another episode. So temporarily taking his seat, if you've seen any of my content or Tarush's content, you'll definitely recognize our guest star. Please welcome to the podcast in the guest chair, Andy, a.k.a. No a.k.a. yet, because Andy, you want to explain that? Oh, no. Oh, man. Okay. This is how the segue is going to go. Okay. Uh, hello. Uh, my name is Andy. Uh, and yes, if you watch Matt's content, uh, I I really don't know what my name is. Uh, before, I've been I've been whatever works. The, the name, the history behind that is that I wanted to make a Tumblr account. And I said, huh, I, you know, I can't think of a name, whatever works, I guess. And I was like, boom, that's it. That's my name. But since then, I've had a lot of like introspection around, you know, what is my name is like, is whatever works who I want to be. I'm way too type A for that. I have too much BDE to be just whatever works. So <laughs> I really do need to find you know, who I am uh, in whatever gaming community I want to be, whether that be like streaming or just, you know, popping up on Deadly's shows. Uh, I really don't know. So hopefully I can find that today. That'd be great. Can we can we find my new name? That'd be yeah, great. we got to try to find you a new name. I understand the stress <laughs> of finding that name. Like before I was the Deadly Showman, I was just Deadly Assassin. Oh my God. What was I before that? I've been, I was Deadly to Assassin for the longest time. And before that, I was Mets987. I'm a New York Mets fan, in case you can't tell. And oh Deadly 2 Assassin, when Modern Warfare 2 came out, my friends and I did like one of those clan, like in your normal PSN ID, like I was Deadly 2 Assassin, someone was Stealth 2 Assassin, and someone was Veteran 2 Assassin. It was insane. And I, I recently changed to the Deadly Showman because Deadly, I, I still needed to honor my old name and Showman. You might think that has something to do with the greatest showman. It has nothing to do with that. Um, Wait, are, you, are you serious? It doesn't it has, have anything to do with it? It has nothing to do with the greatest showman. What it has to do with is I'm a big fan of television shows. And in undergrad, some of our friends would say, Matt, you got too many shows. You got to stop watching shows. So I am a showman, quite literally, because I watch a lot of shows. And I'm a showman on, I like to say, YouTube and content creation. So... That's my That's name, it. but it's going to be a That's while. Nice. It's going to be a while to end on that name. So. Such a nice name. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like the Deadly Showman. And and uh, that's the cool thing. Like, I actually think it's your name that got me thinking, do I really like whatever works? Because whatever works, you know, it hits. It's like, yeah, whatever works, man. And, and you know, it just triggers me whenever someone says that, uh, you know, in the lightest way possible. But I just go like, oh, no, do they know? Uh, which obviously they don't. I don't broadcast any content. But um it, you got me thinking about it because as soon as we started playing Among Us, I was thinking, oh, yeah, dead. Was, I just saw dead vent. And I was like, that's such like a great shortened form of uh, the deadly showman. And, you know, I, I refer to you as dead or deadly. And it it, it, it just hits. It's so it's such a good cohesive one or two syllable way to refer to you casually in a high intense moments, which is really important for gaming. Like, I can't just be like whatever works where were you and like that just doesn't flow off the tongue and and so yeah. i really need something that's like 
single hit, all encompassing, just like, you know, is one or two syllables, is short, sweet, to the point, encompasses my personality all in one go and just, you know, one big sandwich to serve to whoever's watching my content. That's that's what I want the name to be. Unfortunately, it's really hard trying to find yourself when you play with like coworkers and you're like, yeah, just call me Astro Kitty. Like you can't do that. Uh, it's, so, it's so hard to like, like uh, try to work through finding a new alias for yourself. And, and I really, I'm struggling with it because you know, whatever works, you can say, oh yeah, works. But I'm like, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't work. You know, whatever works doesn't work. Yeah, it took me it took me time to land on the deadly showman because on top of just having to you want it to like be something close to you that represents you. At the same time though, it's gotta if you want to build any type of online presence or you plan to, it's gotta be at least a little catchy. Like yeah, all these guys. You think Pokey main, she's Pokey. But you think uh Cypher PK, he's just Cypher. I'm sure you know a million others as well. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and any of those names can be shortened. And so it doesn't really matter what the second part of the name is. Like, like, let's take, um, disguise toast, uh, a crowd favorite all over. And he, everyone just calls him toast. Even his own roommates call him toast. They don't even call him by his like first name because it's just, that signifies him as a person. And it's also super easy to say it's super easy to recognize. You just know, oh yeah, that's toast. And he got his name from disguise toast, which is like. You know, um, what was it? Team Fight Tactics uh, saying, oh, yeah, this guy's toast. And it, it's catchy. <laughs> it's obviously like he didn't come up with it. He just thought it was funny. Or I, I actually don't know. I don't follow toast that much. But but it's it's catchy. And uh, it resonated with the viewers and his community. And that was the, I think, really big part of his community and his culture is that like, uh, you know, he's pretty humble. And it comes from his name, I think, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, it's so... Hearing the story about how some creators got their name is always so funny. Some of them are just pure nonsense names that they pulled out of the blue and they worked. Other people were like half given their name by someone else, half created it themselves. And that's kind of like where I got Showman from. Like Deadly, that was me. Deadly's all me. And Showman, still sort of me, but I I just kept thinking back to like how many TV shows I watched. They kept calling me out for like, oh, that's going <laughs> in the name. It's who I am as a person. Yeah, that's, that's like your next gen, your next level. You've evolved into your next little bit of content creation yep so what do you want to give us some teasers as to the name oh you're thinking gosh. of no, we can work uh, it okay here. so i have a few in mind and i'm just gonna run by you and i, I want to hear some of your suggestions i want you to think of some while, mm -hmm. while i'm spitting fire here uh so my first one that i've tried playing in among us because uh my among us character is purple with a cherry on top because purple is chaotic neutral from what i've seen uh, i have a chart in mind that that the matches the colors to the alignments but uh because i'm a software engineer that's technically referred to as SWE. uh and so there have been a few like girl coder groups that have been called sweets or sweeties uh, and so I was thinking, oh, yeah, sweets. That's short, sweet, to the point, quite literally. Um, but it doesn't feel good to have my friends call me sweets. So I'm really not feeling it. But it, it was the only thing I could think of, you know? Yeah. It's just that. And also, I started using that name in Among Us when playing with coworkers, and that drew a line. I was like, nope, don't like it. Oh, uh, sweetie, where were you? Where were you oh, that round, sweetie? Yeah. Don't do that. That feels bad. But it's also like uh, um, with that name, it would also signify that this is a girl gamer. You know, like 
I don't think many masculine gamers would name themselves as sweets. And so if I were to do that on Twitch, it would be like sweets TV or something like that. Cause I did uh, do a little Google searching to see which ones are available. Unfortunately, I'd have to have three, three, like SW three, three TS TV in order to get that name, which I think is another entire conversation on, you know, choosing your gaming identity because there's been a huge, I feel like this has been a battle for the past like 10 ish years as people have been coming, like, you know, coming online and, you know, getting their identity is that identities are running out, you know, like if I want to be, you know, Andy, that's taken. If I want to be Andy one, two, three, probably taken. And so I have to really find something that not only matches me and my personality and is short, sweet, and to the point, and is one or two syllables, and it's also available. That is the hottest topic and the hottest take I have on gaming identity. Yeah, everyone, like, every, you go on Twitch TV and you just start scrolling. The amount of names people have, it is ridiculous. It's like, it's akin to like, that username is taken, that username is taken. If you remember, like, if you go to any website now and try to make a basic username, you're not going to get it. Even a semi-basic username, like, you've got to be, if you want to be Andy, you got to be Andy 3,459 because there's 3,458 other Andys who wanted their username to be Andy. And you never want numbers in your name. I mean, if you do, like, there's 39 Daff, which is, you know, she's a cool streamer. Um, And her name's, I think, Daphne. Uh, And so 39 Daff, that's like, yeah, she put the numbers first. That's cool. But... I don't know. If you don't identify with the numbers in your name, it, it just feels like a throwaway account. You know, it doesn't feel like you're committing. Exactly. It's like adding XX to the front and XX to the back, hey, which is okay, such a. We're not, talk- we're not talking about my old Quizilla account. Okay? Oh, my God. That feels like such a 2006 thing. Like, I'm XX deadly to kill you really, really hard <laughs> XX, even though you can't use that many letters. Oh God, I think mine was during Twilight. So I think mine was like XX bloody snowstorm XX. And and my mother, because you know, I was like 10 years old and she said, "Uh, you can't have XX in your name. And I'm like, but why not? And she was like, I can't tell you why. (laughs) No, you can have XX. You just can't have XXX in your name. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and little me being an anime fan and loving XXXholic, which is a horror anime. Or, or like, you know, a psych thriller. Uh, I was just like, I was under the impression that XXX was like nothing wrong with that. And turns out that it means, uh, you know, is sexual in nature. And it's just, you know, I know. not Can good you... for a 10-year-old to be influenced by that. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, then we're getting into like the, uh, the gaming identity and everything being taken. And so I actually, I have a good story about this that I thought of where, uh, you know, I mentioned whatever works and I still love whatever works. I hold her near and dear to my heart. Um, when I came up with the Tumblr account uh, for whatever works, I then proceeded to make a bunch of other accounts that was like whatever. And then, you know, the name of the fandom that I was making that Tumblr account for. So like, uh, I don't like bleach, but just so I can use it as an example, whatever bleach. And uh, I, I had a bunch of accounts. And I had a specific way that I just dis- like displayed the name for it, but whatever works, I had to add on like an, a few extra hyphens to, uh, and I was just so mad that none of them matched up because it was like whatever dash bleach. Uh, in my case, mine was like whatever dash 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 works. 
and I hated it, but I also <laughs> identified with it super hard. Um, but I eventually found whatever dash works. And I messaged this person on Tumblr and I was like, hey, listen, buddy, can I please have your name? And I I was just, I gave him a long paragraph and I was like, yo, I, it would mean a lot to me, sir. Uh, and then like a week later, I checked the messages again and they changed their name to whatever works 01. And they gave me whatever dash works. And I was just wow, so happy. But I was like, but I had to reach out to this person. But I was like, it was it was bliss to have all of my tumblers match up perfectly. You know, oh, it was great. That might be the only story of somebody reaching out on the internet with like a heartfelt like please, and someone being <laughs> like, yes, I need money. Please send me money. <laughs> uh, <At> me. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting with your gaming identity. You want it to be something that just meshes with the community, that just, that falls in line with, yeah, this is a gamer. This could not be anybody else. This is, it's not like, oh, that's an actor, or no, they're an Instagram influence. Like, no, this is a gaming content creator, or this is a gamer right here. Thing GG to the end of stuff, because then it's definitely gaming. And I think I did that for, like, whatever works Twitter. I was like, whatever works GG. Um, but then we get into, like, the topic of, like, what if your name is taken and you're a big profile? Like you, uh, or yeah, I, I said that correct. Like it, if you're a large profile individual, a high profile, high profile individual, that's the word. So like if you're a high profile individual and you want to have a username on a specific surface, like let's take Twitter or Twitch. Well, actually, yeah, let's take Twitch. I can't imagine the number of people who just go and make a bunch of accounts and this is completely you know you know vomit right now like i have no idea if i'm saying something that's factually correct but uh i know james charles recently made a twitch account right and i can't imagine the person who had a twitch account years ago who was james charles and that they had to probably pay off this person to get that handle and hand it over to james charles uh like like i'm pretty sure that's a thing where and and if it's not, maybe I'm just sus. Maybe I'm just sus of these people. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't make sense to me how all of these high-profile individuals can just claim any name they want and and have that name for for just because they're a high-profile person. You know. I mean, that's the same thing that was buying website domain names. Like you'll see these big companies buy up all the domain names. If you watch someone like John Oliver, he'll buy a domain name that's kind of close and then refuse to sell it to the people who want it. And it's purely hilarious, but you're like money at those, at the level, money's no object. You're going to buy this off the person and they're going to say yes, because it has no value to them just sitting there. But here's $10,000. Can I have the name? Fuck yeah, you can have the name for $10,000. I don't need it that badly. Uh, I imagine there's like an entire like secret market. That's basically a bunch of people getting names of high profile people, like new and rising high profile people, and then claiming them. Uh, and, and monitoring whatever email they associate with that so that they can like see if they can get money from these big wigs. You know, I, yeah. I wonder if there's like a secret black market for that. Because yep. names are important. That's your gaming identity. Yes, it is. And no, I think that's a good point to segue into what we want to be today's main topic. And that if you were to do that, lock down a name with the intention of selling it later, you know what you'd be called in the gaming community, Andy? What would you be called? You would be called... Toxic. That has <gasps> got to be one of the most 
popular words you will hear gamers use. They're not mean, they're not bad or evil, they're toxic, and the community is toxic. But here's the question. We use this word a lot, and I've started using it even sarcastically, like, bro, that's toxic, what you doing, bro? But from where you're sitting now, do you think the gaming community, this is going to be a very yes or no question, and we'll unpack it. Do you think the gaming community is actually toxic? Ooh, good question. Uh, can you define toxic for me? Ooh, know what? I'm actually going to very quickly. I'm going to look up the actual definition of the word toxic, mm -hmm. and then I'll give you what I think should be like gaming toxic. Mm -hmm. So the definition of the word toxic is poisonous, very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. Ooh, so, that definitely sounds like uh, nefarious in nature. Exactly. Uh, so I don't think gamers are poisonous. Although if you ask the Karens of the world, they're poisoning their little son Timmy's <laughs> brains. But that's another topic. Yes, but very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. Hmm. Well, okay. Let's take the lighthearted approach to toxic because I think I think everyone knows what we mean when we say like, oh, this person's toxic. Uh, I think that goes into cancel culture or um, you know, uh, not agreeing with the way someone represents themselves or represents their community. I feel like there there's a lot of discourse in that. But I think a lighthearted uh, approach to you know someone being toxic is someone being disruptive, and I think the gaming community itself has. It, it, I'm going to go with what your example was earlier was like, oh, ha, that's toxic. You know, oh, you're being so toxic right now. Like, it's just um, a way to saying like, um, you know, you are being a disruptive person and it's either funny or I'm actually passive aggressively a little mad at you right now. Like, cut it out. So that, that's kind of how I use toxic uh, as a passive aggressive way of saying a person is being disruptive. Uh, but I think as like a larger scale for the gaming community being toxic, I think that there's toxic actors. And I think that having these, and I'm going to use this word a lot, I think high profile toxic actors representing the gaming community, it's really unbalanced, I think. Uh, and the media or whoever views the com gaming communities has a um, different perspective because they only see the users that are the, you know, uh, less lighthearted version of toxic. And I, I think my definition of, you know, the less lighthearted version of toxic would be um, those who, uh, when they represent their content or they're, you know, making their content, that it is explicitly at another person's demise. It is at uh, their viewer's expense or it's, um, you know, directly impacting in a negative way uh some other c gaming community because i feel like if it's internal and it's a good joke you know the community sets its own standards but as soon as it's uh being toxic towards a game or gaming group uh that's when you get into the uh, is this person a good representation of what uh, the overall gaming community is i think you're right about that there are creators in the world who not just gaming creators, their entire content platform is toxicity. It's I'm going to prop up my platform by pushing down on others. That's like, I'm reviewing this person or I'm reviewing this topic and it sucks. It's all terrible. This person's all terrible. That is toxic. You are quite literally putting your boot on the neck of someone else to prop yourself up. I think gaming toxicity, I do not know of many content creators in the gaming realm that get by doing that. I know there are people who will steal 
or maybe take some other people's content and try to pass it off as their own, but they will never actively disenfranchise somebody else to pick themselves up. And I think the toxicity that that level toxicity that the outside world sees is on purpose, not because people who stream on Twitch, we were talking about this earlier, something like Dr. Disrespect, or now he's on YouTube, I guess. He is a toxic streamer, but that is his personality. That is the gaming personality, content creator personality. He is putting forward because it's funny and catchy. That's not who, we don't know what he, I'm not going to say I don't know what he's like as a real guy. By all accounts, that doesn't seem to be who he actually is. But if anybody who doesn't know who he is logs onto YouTube right now, Dr. Disrespect, and they see him, they're going to be appalled. Like, oh my God, who is this person? Because they don't see him as a performer. They see this is someone in their living room streaming. This is who they are. This is what they are. They are toxic. This community is toxic. Right. And I feel like that's definitely like the streamer representing that portion of the gaming community. But I think we can dive even deeper because, you know, streamers and their own content, if they want their content and their uh, identity to be toxic, they can do that. As long as it's not at the expense of other people, as long as it's not illegal and, you know, goes with the community guidelines of whatever surface you are putting your content on, I think you should have the liberty to do so. But then you get into the, uh, you know, it is at someone else's expense and what you're teaching your viewers. And I think this gets into uh, the comparison I want to make, which is, you know, is the gaming community as a whole toxic? Or, um, and if it is, like what parts of the gaming community are toxic? So we, we've touched on uh, streamers being toxic, but then there's also the viewers that are being toxic. And if you think about it, there can be like a thousand, a hundred thousand viewers to one streamer. And there's way more toxic viewers, you know, uh, by chance, by uh, just by there being sheer numbers alone. There's way more toxic viewers than there could be toxic streamers. And so I want to ask the question if uh, the gaming community now refers to the viewers also. And I think it does. I think that gaming community is primarily made up of just viewers and people that are consuming the content. Uh, are, like, if the gaming community includes viewers, is it actually still toxic? And I think the answer is 100% yes. Like, it's still toxic. And I, I think it, it, it dives into who is watching the content and who responds to the content and uh, w what they do in response to that. Do they comment against the streamer? Do they, are they toxic towards whatever content they're watching and making fun or, you know, uh, making jokes at the expense or downright being hurtful towards the person that's actually making content? I think we can extend that to a lot of platforms. And that is I, true. I, uh, there, yeah, there's all, so, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. there's always going to be internet trolls. That's, I don't care what realm you're in. It's got an internet troll. I, you could be in the wheat harvesting business. You have an internet troll somewhere. It, you just do. <laughs> you do. The question yeah. is, though, how many people are trolls and how many people are really those evil people who want to prop themselves up by putting others down? And I really don't think it's many. I think most of the gaming community viewer, and that includes the viewers, understand that what they're seeing is an act or a performance. And then when they act toxic, it's usually amongst them and their friends. Like, bro, you suck. I can do better than that, bro. It's all sarcastic. Very, or if you go to a Call of Duty lobby, everyone, that's part of the Call of Duty culture. Most people yeah. know that's, I think the majority of Call of Duty players don't really believe the words they're saying. It's just where they are. There, there are a handful of people who will really believe these horrible things. That's just how it's going to be. 
But to extend that to everyone in the gaming community or an individual games community is a hop, skip, and a jump that I think is just way too extreme to be making. Yeah, no, I I want to argue with that, actually. Go so for I it. No, that, fight me. Yeah, fight me. <laughs> no, no, friendly argument here. But I think that... Um, a lot more of the gaming community uh, is toxic than you think. Uh, not necessarily like communities themselves, because communities are built up to support their streamer. I 100% believe that. I think it's beautiful. I think it's awesome seeing people support people, people following content that they genuinely are interested in. I'm specifically, I, I have a few experiences in mind when I've like you know streamed for the for the first few times on a different platforms, but. The one, the one thing that stands out to me is you, you say trolls and you say there's always going to be internet trolls, but there's a stark difference between, you know, just like, you know, shoving it off, brushing it off your shoulder or whatever the term is, uh, you know, dusting your hands away with, oh yeah, like they're just a troll. Uh, they don't mean anything to me. Delete comment. Like you don't have to look at it again, but there are some trolls that during live streams, uh, that will come in and just completely derail you. And it's so hard to maintain face while reading comments that are that are sometimes even in a different language, depending on which uh, <laughs> surface you're streaming on and which distribution you get. But there's some people that come in that are just want to be toxic and throw you off. There have been, there's like two or three streams that I have that I might've deleted at this point. But during one stream, you can see me visibly be upset because a random viewer came in and said you know oh haha like i have her volume turned on like like i have her volume turned down all the way because you know she's so annoying and i'm like what the hell first of all why are you here leave please second of all ban third of all you didn't need to say that you typed out an entire comment saying that you could you turned down my volume because you didn't like what i was saying if you don't want to be here just leave and uh, multiple times throughout that stream, I had random people coming in, uh, in, you know, someone saying, oh yeah, like show me your tits or something in Spanish. And I didn't really know what, cause I don't speak Spanish. I didn't know what they were saying. And, uh, just, I think there's a lot of randos that want to be intentionally trolls. And I think that it's very disruptive to the community. And because of that, it's very hard for me to decouple, uh, the good communities that are out there with the trolls because trolls will always exist and try to uh, either police in a bad way, or they'll try to derail content creators. And I think back to my original point of saying, like you say, there will always be internet trolls. There is a very different reaction I have to seeing someone troll online, uh, you know, when it nothing is live, nothing sees my reaction versus seeing a troll say something directly to piss me off or to, to um, throw me off my game when I'm live and I'm being recorded and broadcast to whoever could be watching at that time. Luckily, there's only maybe three or four people watching, but what if there were a thousand people and I see a really rude comment? All of a sudden, it's like my entire experience is ruined as a content creator and the entire community all of a sudden has their experience ruined if there was, you know, a, a terrible information in there or a misinformation or, you know, some maybe they might even get triggered because there's uh, a slur in there and it's just, there's there's so much toxicity behind a single individual that it makes it bleeds into and it poisons the rest of the community and so i think that my you know tldr on this is that there's always going to be trolls but they hurt worse in the moment you're live so they get more of a reaction which i think that makes there are more trolls in gaming because they can get that live reaction when you're fighting with someone on reddit 
You're waiting for them. You could just sit there, type something. You will stare at that comment until they get back, but you got to wait. You got to wait. They may never respond. You might not see what happens behind the face. Live streaming, you will see it in real time. You're getting an immediate reaction if you're trolling. So there yeah. are more toxic people in this landscape, but I don't think they are indicative of what the community is all about. Nah, like I, I was saying this and I think we cut out about that, but what I was saying is if you have one comment that's that's bad and it sets off a community if you have a community all of a sudden there are so many individuals that are affected by that comment there could be people who you know all of a sudden come to that streamer's uh defense and say hey you can't say that there are some people whose days are just ruined just because this one troll is coming in and trying to ru ruin their experience in this lobby of watching the streamer because now they're seeing their streamer uh that they love you know visibly getting hurt and reacting to this and on top of that they might even like there are some users or streamers that might even get triggered and uh, react very poorly and respond very poorly to these trolls that are coming in and trying to ruin their day. And uh, it, it comes to the point of you where you're saying like toxicity is like a poison. And I think that there are toxic users that are trolls that come in and poison the community. And it's because of them that I can see the gaming community is inherently toxic because, you know, the bad users and bad actors that are in there just propagate and poison and it, it makes for a really poor experience so it, it really does just take one bad egg to ruin the batch you know i know exactly what you mean i have a very interesting yeah. question for you here yes i think i know the answer to this and i think you know the answer to this do you think sex plays a role and how you're going to get treated in the gaming community. Oh, my God. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think uh, you'd be fooled to not say yes, but let's really unpack this. Oh, my God. Do you want me to? Okay, I'm going to keep talking. Hopefully you go. Hopefully doesn't cut you out go. this time. This is oh your floor God. right now. Oh, God. Sex plays such a huge role. Okay, I have so many subtopics for this, but we're just going to tackle it one at a time. If I go if I, if I, um, go off topic or if I lose track of a branch of this conversation just bring me back to it okay just you know write down I'll, notes or something. i'll rope you back in if you get too far away but i want to <laughs> okay, i think okay, okay. this is one topic that i can say for 100 certain i am not qualified to talk about <laughs> being a female gamer i am not certified or qualified to talk about this at all i think you most certainly are for multiple thousands of dollars you too could be certified in the next few years <laughs> yes no <laughs> All right, the floor is yours. Uh, As a female gamer, <laughs> your experience is definitely different. Oh my gosh. Okay, so my experience is definitely different. For one, there's fewer gamers. There's fewer female gamers. And because of that, it's very hard to have uh, streamer support in a community where it's predominantly male-based. I see that in software engineering. It's very hard to feel like you belong when there are so few women in that field. On top of that, and I'm not talking about software engineering when I'm talking about the next thing I say, but the representation that females have in the gaming community is, I think, another form of toxic. Uh, you know what? We can talk about the definition of toxicity at another point. But there are some there are some women who, when they are live streaming, and you know, women or uh, people who identify as women uh, that are live streaming and are doing it for the attention, which is perfectly fine, but they're doing it in a promiscuous way in order to try to rake in money. And they do it while they're gaming, they do it um, while they're like doing brand deals, representing content. And I can think of a few really, uh, I guess I'm going to use the word toxic. They're really toxic streamers that uh, 
are very promiscuous on the platform in a way in, in a means as a means to get money and that kind of puts a bad face on being a female streamer and i'm kind of going to go into this because when i think of if i wanted to say oh yeah i i'm a female gamer i'm a girl gamer on twitch if you say that you live stream on twitch there's a lot of people that would think immediately that that was porn because there's so many female streamers that identify as girl gamers that use their platform as if it's, you know, OnlyFans. Uh, and that is their own prerogative. Do not get me wrong. They can do that. They can uh, represent their body however which way they want. I think more power to them. However, it does make it hard. It makes it a lot harder for female streamers to feel like they have credibility as gamers in the, in the community. Uh, and I feel like that's a hard fact to accept because I want women to feel empowered with their bodies and I feel like they should do whatever they'd like. But unfortunately, when it comes back to it and it starts creating this narrative that is not favorable to me, I, I feel bad. Uh, I feel bad that I'm all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I guess necessarily judging these women for feeling empowered by their bodies, but all of a sudden I can't feel comfortable or confident in because i i don't necessarily want to do that and i don't want people to think that i would do that because that's not who i am and that's not how i want to represent myself online uh and so i can't really feel proud of any work that i do on twitch if i do do any work because uh all of a sudden there is this like uh hidden agenda or hidden meaning behind what i say when i say i am a female twitch streamer you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, and I can't really speak to this that much because I don't stream that much on Twitch, but I've heard a lot of stories about it. And, and I, I resonate a lot with it because, uh, you know, being very familiar as I am with the gaming video community, it's just, it, I see a lot of it. I see a lot of it in the workplace, uh, people talking about female streamers in a derogatory way. And that is not who they are. That is not who all of them are and they encompass. And it feels like, the there's an unfair judgment passed on female streamers because they're you know women should be able to accept their bodies women should be able to put out the content that they want but it should not define the entire community uh because that's not really what the community is and maybe that's why my stance on toxicity and community <laughs> and gaming communities being toxic is so i guess extreme is because that's how the community is represented and that's immediately what the first responses and unless you understand the community deeply like i assume you do and i many others that i know unless you understand the community very deeply you're going to make that really quick judgment and because of that it's like really hard to uh just you know be that different type of person on you know gaming video and creating that kind of content it's, that's one point <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to establish your credibility like there are i personally do not watch any female streamer that's uh, it's literally, yes, they're playing games, but you can kind of read between the lines what this is all about. Like, one of my favorite content creators actually is- Their boobs, you can say it, their boobs are out. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> their boobs are out. It's very clear what we got, <laughs> what this is all about here. Again, more power to you, but I know it's about. Yeah, and it's yeah, so it's, it's hard. hard to say, because it's so hard to say. Because, uh, you know, like, yes, more power to them, but it makes it hard for me and I can be selfish sometimes, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's my first bit. That's my first hot take. I think it's a hot take. Uh, I need to drink some water after this to cool down my hot take. Anyway, the, the second bit of uh, answer to does sex play a role in this? I think 100% yes. If you are a streamer, a female streamer or one that identifies as a female streamer and you 
like have a very large community, uh, there will be way more toxicity in your stream. And I think that's a given fact. I don't even need to pull up, I don't even need to pull up articles on this. Like I know for a fact that a female streamer streams are a lot more toxic. There's a lot more negative negativity, uh, a lot more judgment in the comments. I mean, what I just said goes to show no matter how nicely sugarcoat I can put it, there's still going to be people who disagree with the type of content that, you know, the female streamers put out. And then on top of that, um, you know, there's just downright sexist and misogynists out there that will want to troll women's streams and just be a dick about it. And that's not good. And so it makes it really hard to, to you know, save face and have thick skin in that community. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get to go too long about it because my, my, I'm already starting to feel dehydrated. But uh, that's like, you know, it, it makes it a lot harder because the community can be toxic. And it, it's already with the lack of representation that you have. Now, all of a sudden, you have to stand up for yourself. It's it's pretty hard. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to segue out of that. So. Yeah, no, it's I have a ton of respect for these female content creators. You need to have a thick skin because you are going to get way more shit than any male content creator is going to get. And that's just a fact. But the ones that do have those thick skin, they're some of the best content creators you are going to see. Pokey, oh, yeah. Ray. I watch someone who she's loser fruit. Maybe not as big as those two, but I like her a lot. They are hilarious and so much fun to watch. And I, it, 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 you sometimes hear these stories about like when they were first starting out, like how hard it could be. For them to stick it through is a respect that I do not hand out lightly. Honestly, so much respect. And so much respect for, you know, the women who uh, treat Twitch as OnlyFans. I think that's more power to you. Honestly, yeah. I do. Uh, but also for those who stick it through with the such a toxic environment in the gaming community and not being treated seriously. Like, yeah. that's that's really amazing. And a lot of the content creators that I follow, like Pokey, uh, Ray, and Corinna, even though Corinna doesn't really talk to her fans that much anymore, but that's a hot take anyway. <laughs> uh, but I, I love the content that they all put out. And it, it, I'm so glad they pushed through. But the fact that they had to push through, mm, yeah. that's not good, Chief. No. That's not good. I know. So here's an interesting question for you then. As either a gamer or a female gamer, do you ever feel judged for being a gamer? Like whether because you are a woman and you're playing games or because you're just a gamer and maybe people don't don't understand what that means. Do you ever think that you're being judged or feel like people are judging you for identifying as a gamer? Now, this is an interesting thing because as much as I have been polarizing and had hot takes and I want to let you talk, Matt, I really do. <laughs> I want I want to hear your takes on these things. <laughs> but as much as I've had like hot takes about all the other questions, I feel like uh, being judged for being a gamer, like specifically a person that plays games. I feel like this totally has to do with the field that I'm in, which is predominantly male. Uh, but a lot of the time it's pretty much celebrated like oh my god you play games almost detrimentally celebrated because then at that point you get like opposite trolls like you get <laughs> simps a uh, uh, god it, it's so polarizing i think uh female gaming like being a female gamer or any of any variety like a pro female gamer a casual female gamer a, a casual among us gamer you know because i feel like there's a casual gamer and there's among us gamer um but being any one of those, uh, 
I feel like there's very polarizing uh, people that you can interact with. And one of the, I feel like the overall thing that I can say is that it's genuinely, generally celebrated uh, for being a gamer. And I feel like, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, we bonded first over uh, Mortal Kombat? Mortal? No, Injustice? Oh, Injustice Gods Among Us? It was Injustice Gods Among Us. <laughs> And I could not play that game to save my life. I beat you so hard. You beat oh. me so bad. I beat you game. with Flash because I love the Flash. Flash is my favorite. Wally West is my boy. Oh, we oh. need a rematch. I know how to play Green Arrow now. We need a rematch. Wait, no, I don't know how to play anymore. Oh, neither do I, but I'll learn. I'll pick it up again. Wonder. I was the I one hit this. wonder. <laughs> yeah. But hey. yeah, like I feel like we bonded at first because you appreciate the fact that I was a, a female gamer, I, I I think. Or at least like we had something common to bond about. And you that, know that was superheroes yeah. and video games. You know what's funny? I look back to that. It didn't even have to do that you were a female gamer. It had to do with that you were just a gamer. I know yeah, the term true. female gamer to me in today's world feels almost, almost outdated because there are so many more to say female gamer implies that you are very niche or very unique, but there are not many of you. There are so uh, many women who play games. And you might disagree with me what I define as a game on this podcast. Even something like a mobile game, guess what? That is a game. There are millions of women playing them. Hardcore gamers, probably then maybe the term female gamer makes a little bit more sense. Like you're in the thick of things, you know, the news, you're keeping up with what's happening in the field. But in general... It feels like just female gamers are just gamers now. That's just who they are. No, I, th I think you said it perfectly. Yep. And it's interesting. Uh, going back to being judged for games, like obviously the field you're in now, you're not judged for being a female gamer because it, it's predominantly male. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm all in on this. Flip side, um, as a male, I've never been judged for being a male gamer. That's not going to happen. Where I feel the judgment come in is from people who don't understand what gaming is all about. Not just the Karens of the world, but... Yeah, I think no, of, no, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I think of people like my parents, who I love to death. They didn't really grow up in a video game era. They don't totally understand it. Like, they know the Miss Pac-Mans and the Donkey Kongs of the world, Galaga, classic arcade games that everyone can get behind. They could not begin to wrap their heads around Call of Duty. They couldn't begin to wrap their heads around Minecraft. They couldn't even begin to wrap their heads around Among Us, if I'm being blatantly honest, one of the simpler games. To them, video games have always seemed like a bit of a waste of time. Like it's something you're doing to kill time, not even a hobby. Because a hobby is something that is productive. And that's where I sometimes do feel the judgment from the people who don't know what gaming is all about. And this is going to segue a little bit into our next topic is how gamers are viewed by non-gamers. People who don't really understand, not even the field, video games as a whole. They just see a video game machine console and think, oh my god. He's playing it on it again. And that's where I feel the judgment come in because they, people see this as, in my opinion, a waste of time. I think Joe Rogan said at one point, like you're playing games where you could be learning a hobby. You're just wasting your time in your life. Horribly untrue for so many reasons we can't even begin, begin, begin to get into. But it's so interesting that most of these people don't take the time to try to understand video games in any way, shape or form beyond what's on the surface. Because if you look at games now, They've come a long way since Miss Pac-Man. That's just a fact. There are some games now that are, the stories they tell are better than most of the stuff that Hollywood puts out. Something like The Last of Us Part 1 and Hot Take Last of Us Part 2, which I personally liked a lot. One of the <laughs> best stories, two stories, I have ever experienced in my entire life. If I could get 
my parents to sit down and just play through those games, I think they'd agree with me. But they can never get out, I think, of the back of their head that they're playing a video game and this, this is pointless. I'm curious what you think about this. Do you think from an outside perspective that games have just made themselves permanently inaccessible to non-gamers? Do you think that they've put up this permanent wall is that you're either born into it, like from an early age of five years old, you're given a Game Boy, not a, I'm saying a Game Boy, oh my God. You're given, I love Game Boy. <laughs> I love Game Boy too. That doesn't happen anymore. From a young age, like an older cousin or someone, hey, hey, here, here's the PlayStation 4 or 5. You want to play with me for a bit? You want to play some FIFA? And that's how they get in. And if you don't get in young, you can't get in when you're older. Or do you think that maybe that wall is coming down, that even someone who's 40 or 50 can really begin to understand what games are all about? I have a few takes on that, I think. Um, my first take, I think, is that, uh, you know, the walls are definitely coming down. I think that there's a lot of variant like there's a lot of variety in terms of uh what age what demographic users are you know gaming i can think of one streamer whose name is gaming grandma and her and she is she's a 60 year old uh lady who's just playing red dead redemption and just going around on her horse just, she all she wants to do is walk around on a horse and that's her content and it's great that she's playing red dead red dead redemption to just like you know, but paddle around on over. I identify with that. I identify with that so hard. It's scary. I want to walk around Red Dead Redemption on a horse. Yeah, it's just like me with Skyrim. I just want to be on a horse. I think my horse's name was like Twilight or something. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that the gaming community is opening up. I, I feel like games becoming more or less accessible though i think we talked about this earlier and i feel like we're just you know we're combining uh two conversations here but uh we were talking about how um games have become super accessible and let's talk about among us i think that that's a super hot game for the past few months and among us is really easily accepts accept accessible it's really easily accessible because it's free on mobile and you can buy it for like five bucks on steam if you have a steam account and if you don't then it's getting a lot of people to get a steam account because the pc experience is not even arguably way better than uh the mobile experience but you can you can play on any mobile device i think and uh because of that a lot of people are starting to play games especially during quarantine um but then and then we, we can also have fall guys which is uh not cross-platform but you can play it on like pc or ps4 and I know over the summer that game was like super popular because it was kind of like Mario Party mini games, but bringing 80 or something people together to all play in one party if they so choose. And I think that party matching capability was really great, especially during a time of, you know, staying inside all day. And so that accessibility has really like expanded the users that are playing. And I think that that's made it a lot more accessible to people who might not have picked up a video game as their first choice of hobby for that day. But I think with the rise of accessible games, we've seen a drop in the sharing of content of, you know, beautiful cinematic games. Mm -hmm. And so the best one I can think of is as much as I'm a zombie fan, I have not played The Last of Us or The Last of Us 2. And I literally live in Seattle. Like, why have I not played The Last of Us 2? Apparently, it's super accurate. You can but go around and see these places in real life, Andy. I need to come back so I can see these places <laughs> in real life. Do they have the roastery? Do they have the Starbucks roastery? I don't think you ever go near the roastery, but you, no. can, like, you can see like a courthouse. I'm freaking out about seeing a courthouse in The Last of Us Part Wait, wait, wait. Two. Like on James Street? 
I don't. I'm no, I don't remember. Sorry. I don't <laughs> remember where it is. Was there like the Space Needle? Did they have the Amazon balls? The Ew. Jeff Bezos balls? <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm no sorry. ball, no balls in the last of us. The part spheres, two. the spheres. No balls, no spheres. But like, there are apparently neighborhoods that you could go walk around right now, and you will be like, "Oh my god, that that was literally in the game." Was Dexter Avenue North there? Was was Mercer Street there? Was was I five there? I five was there. You ride it oh. on I five. I five was there. I five oh, was there. I've been there. <laughs> exactly. So keep it with that concept that you're going with now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like where you're Lots going with this. Too. Yeah, yeah. So basically just super real life, cinematic, well thought out, well paid for. I will literally play this for hours and hours and hours and hours. I will play this because it's such good content. But I'm not seeing that online. I'm not seeing – all I'm seeing is Among Us, Fortnite. Like that's it. Maybe Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Like uh, the, there are so many – and FIFA. FIFA, that's it. That's it. It's Among Us, Call of Duty – you know, any you could pick which one, pick them out of a hat. Uh, Fortnite, and um, at some point there was um, oh, what was it called? Escape from Tarkov. That Escape was one from of them. that had its yeah. moment. It's still played it by. Now it's funny. I had its moment in the sun. It's receded to the people who know about it now. Okay, okay, but like there are quality games like Monster Hunter. I love that game. I would never stream it. There are quality games like Last of Us, which is you just need to experience that. And you, you, I just don't see that content in, being streamed. And, no. and it's very unfortunate because it's so, so good. And no. it's a community moment to to play those games. And I have not played these games. I literally own it. I'm going to play it tonight. That's it. I'm going to play it tonight. I'm going to finally play Last of Us. Yeah, I'm oh, going to finally yeah. play it. Get on PS4 later, okay? You're going to yearn for an experience if you play The Last uh, of Us. That okay, game's cool. ready, But no, it's, it's funny you say this. The games that are getting pushed to the forefront among Us, Fall Guys, something like Mario Party, everyone can play plays Mario, Mario Kart. Everyone plays that. I think there are even some parents who are like, oh my god, it's Mario, it's Nintendo. All right, have fun. I could understand this. But that's what everybody sees. So it's easy to pick these games up and play them. Among Us, you need to know how to use WASD and your mouse. That's literally it. Fall Guys, it's three goddamn buttons. It's run, it's jump, and it's dive. That is it. Yeah. Uh, Mario Party, the games are so cute and funny. They're so easy to play. And that's what everybody sees. They're like, all right, yeah, game is more accessible. It's easy to play. But that's the forefront that you have from an outside view. You think, all right, this is, it's fun, but it is a waste of time because th this is nothing. I guess it's good to kill a couple hours and get some laughs with my friends, but there, that's, there's nothing else here. And that's what really frustrates me, frustrates me, I think, is that just a little bit further beneath the surface is this untapped well of, amazing experiences that you will never get to experience in real life. Like you will never, there's not gonna be a zombie apocalypse. He says, as he knocks on the wood, no, there's, you're so never going to go, you're never going to go I'm hunt so monsters ready. in a foreign land. We're not ready. We can't. No, I'm prepared. That's how 2020 would go. That's how it would go. <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm prepared for anything you throw at me. Zombies. I'm ready. Let's go. I have MREs under my bed. <laughs> Cool. Anyway, but I, I can go. We can have. Can we have a podcast where we just talk about being prepared for the zombie apocalypse? Because I will yeah. be an expert, expert witness here. Uh, I, I will prepare all of you guys for the zombie apocalypse. Okay, ne sorry. Next episode, guys, is preparing for the zombie apocalypse, and yeah. it might be more relevant than you think. The way twenty twenty has been going. Oh, yay! Asserting my own agenda. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to the main topic. <laughs> yeah. Gaming 
It's the weirdest catch-22 I've ever seen. They have made themselves normalized and in doing so have buried what makes them so great. So you'd see that nowhere else. No one's like, let's take LeBron off the court because like, yeah, he's great, but he's not really what's bringing people to the NBA. That makes no sense anywhere else, any other field that I've seen where the best stuff is not what draws people in. And I, I cannot wrap my head around that sometimes. And I think it comes back to these pre-existing notions or these pre-existing stereotypes that gaming is a waste of time. And it's people, it's because people already accept that, they, are, they will happily waste time. It, like people want to waste time that they just do. Like everyone has an hour or two to kill here or there. And they're more than happy to kill that hour or two with some Among Us, Fall Guys, Mario Party, you name it. No one's going to sink 30, 40 hours into playing The Last of Us because nobody's got that. No one has time for that. Even though if you did, you would not regret it. And it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen where what makes oh something was so yeah. great is not at the forefront. I feel like you put it in words. No, you okay, sorry. I just had like a mini epiphany here. Um, but you were saying no one's going to like put in t- like 40 hours for Among Us. I don't even th- like I think it takes longer than that actually to play Among Us. But Last of Us, I think you mean, right? Sorry, Last of Us, yeah. uh, not Among Us. Well, when I play, <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah, uh, taking uh 40 hours to play Last of Us, and I think it does take longer to play Last of Us if you play it like thoroughly. But you you said that no one's gonna put sink that time into it because inherently games are you know a waste of time, and I feel like that's totally what's stopping me from playing The Last of Us because I think oh it's a time commitment. I'm committing to completing this game. That seems like a lot, Chief. Uh, I'm just gonna instead play you know a quick. 15 minute round of Among Us for four hours because uh, that's what I do on Fridays uh, lately uh, instead of playing quality video games which I think there are quality games that I can now like you know relate to a community about and talk about them at length like you literally have I'm looking at a spreadsheet right now uh, an overarching topic about The Last of Us 2 and I can't contribute to that and it pains me because I, I feel like I can talk it's, I could probably talk so long about The Last of Us 2 but I haven't made it because it's such a big commitment and I think maybe this is just me as a person, but I'm very much like that quick bit of uh, consuming content. Like I will watch a Facebook feed of just uh, tasty videos for three hours, but not watch an hour and a half long movie because I, if I'm watching the hour and a half long movie, I'm committing to sitting down. But if I just start scrolling through my feed, I'm like, Eh, maybe I'll stop in 15 minutes or maybe I'll stop in five hours. Like, you know, I like taking my chances, but odds are like, I really hate the feeling of, you know, coming out of that consumer's coma and realizing I've wasted time. And I wonder if replacing that with having quality video games, like, uh, you know, consuming time would, would fix my perspective on that and make me appreciate the games I'm playing. I wonder. Ah, oh, epiphanies. <laughs> it's, it's tough. And I, I cannot say on this podcast how you break down that second wall. You have people playing great. Now, how do you get them? How do you let them experience these games that they would never even consider touching? That's for smarter men and women than us to figure out. But I want to segue from here. I think we've touched on this enough. I want, <laughs> yeah. to, get, I want to get a little introspective here. We looked at how... Gamers are viewed by the non-gamers. Now gaming is viewed by the non-gaming world, which is, I think we've summed up. No, pro- People think it's a waste of time, but it's a fun waste of time. I accept it. And I think it, it's cute, but it's not, it's not life-changing, even though that's not really what it is. That's, it seems like how those people are seeing it. Now I want to look inward, and that is how the gaming community sees subgroups in and of itself, such as how are creators and the pros 
you would buy the gamers themselves. Because I think if you take average person, show them a content creator, that's a person with a job, they, they can't form a real interesting opinion on it. They'll accept that it's a job that they're doing and they're making money, but they cannot tell you one way or another what anything about that. We can speak very differently. We have opinions on our creators and our pros and how we interact with them. So here's what I want the first question I want to ask. How, are, how do you think the gaming community feels about creators? Well, obviously, we enjoy their content or they want to keep doing it. Do you think we watch them for them? Or do you think we watch them because we like watching games? What is the split there? Ooh, okay. So I think I, I think I know what you're getting at. So do we watch them for them or do we watch them for the game? And I think that's the difference between content creators and pro gamers. Uh, oh, and, yeah. You, I'm gonna, so, I, you, you just, I'm going to let you speak, but I think you might have just blown my mind. Keep going. <laughs> so content creators, we watch them because they create content that we want to consume. And it, they are inherently part of their own content. They are their identity. They are their label, their community. It's them. So let's take, you know, beloved Disguised Toast. Uh, I watch Disguised Toast because I think he's insanely smart and good at Among Us, and that's the only reason I watch him. But uh, uh, I think that he makes amazing plays while playing a game that I like. Uh, so he makes a lot of funny, good content that I'll watch really quickly and be a fan of and immediately make myself part of the community. Same with when he live streams. Uh, I'll, I'll see that he wants to have his community really involved and i'll want to contribute to that i i can take another streamer we have um there i have another streamer on my list called uh dimes his name is dimes or the dimes on facebook gaming and uh one time i ended up chatting on in the thread with one of his good friends and I became known as the mysterious Andy. And it was just, oh, oh, I'm, he's talking to me. He's like, who's the mysterious Andy? And he was like, he was so baffled. And he's like, why are people focusing on this one person that's like, you know, not Fortnite right now? Because uh, it was a Fortnite stream. And I was just so immersed and so uh, appreciative of being involved in that community. And it was so good. But I'm watching that streamer's content because now I have a connection with them and it's, I'm directly seeing the results of their hard work and, and I support that person and I'm able to connect with them sometimes directly via chat, but, some, but sometimes just leaving a comment and then seeing that they liked it. Like I'm able to, uh, you know, react and uh, interact with this content creator. Um, and I watch, and sometimes I don't even need to interact with them. I can just like their content because I think that that person is funny. But then let's get into the opposite part of this question, which is, uh, do I like that the thing I'm watching because of the person or because of the game? And if I like it because of the game, I'm going to want to watch a pro gamer. And this gets into uh, like League of Legends pro gamer teams. This gets into FIFA. This gets into people that are like, well, maybe not FIFA. I just threw FIFA out there because that's like a very popular game. But there are people that want to watch videos based on how good a player is at the game. That player can also be a content creator, don't get me wrong. But I'm specifically thinking of League of Legends here, where you want to watch like the League of Legends, you know, championship or something. You want to watch uh, pro gamers being a pro gamer. And you don't want to watch them because they're putting out good content. You want to watch them because they're playing the game that you love so, so well. 
Like, like you, you, I would envy them. Like for instance, I sucked at Minecraft, but when I originally uh, started watching like my first, my first video that I've ever watched was a Captain Sparkles vanilla Minecraft Let's Play. I remember it distinctly because I sucked at Minecraft, but I saw the content he was putting out and I was not immediately a fan of Captain Sparkles. I wanted to see what he was doing though, because I thought that he was very good at the game. And I was like, how do I get that good? And so instead, like he did end up being funny and then eventually I ended up watching him for his content. But originally I was watching him because I wanted to learn tips and tricks and, uh, you know, cheer on for him as a player of the game that I liked. And so uh, I, I feel like that really separates the, if I'm watching it for the creator themselves or if I'm watching it for the game and uh, where that kind of lies in the community. It's, uh, that's what the epiphany I had too, because I wa- there are a lot of creators I watch and I know it's got very little to do with the game they're playing because so going back to someone like Loser Fruit, she played a little bit of Fortnite. She's moved away from it now. I'm watching her and I've stuck with her. Not because, and it's because I didn't care that it was Fortnite. She is funny. She is good. I want to watch her. Um, another guy, I told you, I, I played it in Among Us tournament a couple of days ago and everyone in the tournament was talking about the 10K prize pool, whatever. Something else you got to do as a part of that tournament if you moved on was play with all these creators from Luminosity. And one guy signed by Luminosity is a guy named Muselk. He was the first mm-hmm. creator I ever found, ever subscribed to. All these people are talking about the 10K. I'm just sitting there like, if I win, I get to go play with him. Oh my God, I get <laughs> to go play with him. And in that moment, I real, I, now I'm realizing how much I, like he makes a lot of Fortnite content and I moved, I'm having a harder time watching Fortnite content nowadays. So it's hard to watch him <laughs> whenever he's playing among us or he's live streaming with all these, all his friends. I am there. I'm watching. I love it. But pro gaming, I don't like watching pro gaming because I games are one of those things where I can go pick it up and do it. I don't have to watch pro gaming content creation. What these guys make I'm trying to do it myself. I'm making it, but not as good as they are. It's like how you could, I consume movies. I'm not making movies though. They are presenting something to me that I will never be able to experience myself, or at least not yet. Maybe one day I'll get big and I will. We'll see. Pro gamers, maybe I'm not. You will, (laughs) you will. Uh, We'll see. Pro gamers, yes, they're better than me at the game, but they're not doing anything that I couldn't do on a basic level. Like um, something like football. The reason I watch that because I can't go play football on a daily basis. I don't have 22 people who can line up 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, run specific plays, and we could do that. Uh, the only way I'm going to experience or consume that is through football. And that's like how I feel about most sports. Except for something like basketball, though, I can go play that. Maybe not as well as the NBA guys do, but I can play it. And I don't love consuming it because that's how I get my basketball. And that's how I tend to feel about... Um, Content creators, I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching for them. Pro gamers, you're watching for the game. But because I can go play the game, I don't Ooh. really feel a need to watch the pros. But the thing is, there's also the separation of the fact that the pros are pros. Mm-hmm. And unless you're a diehard fan of that game, I don't think you're going to watch the pros. Because, I mean, personally, if I watch a pro, well, okay. I guess if we're talking pro Minecraft players, they happen to also be content creators. I'm thinking mainly of Dream. He's dream. amazing. He's such a dream. Oh my God. The Dream four versus ones. I can't oh, stop watching. Oh, he was watching. so cool. I oh. can't stop watching. Oh, we got to play. We got to we gotta do Man. I want to do that Man amongst Man. us. Yeah. That's <laughs> amongst us. Uh, uh, what about we, if we do an Among Us manhunt? Among Us. <laughs> we have to find the dead bodies. Whoa, whoa. Big brain idea. Cut that out. We're doing it. <laughs> among Us, but it's Minecraft. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh my God. Minecraft, but it's Among Us. Oh my, oh God. my God. Okay. Time out. Time out. That's a video. We're doing this video next weekend. Next, I'm going to make sure we produce the video before we put out the podcast because we're doing this. (laughs) Oh my God. Circling back. I got chills. I got chills. I got chills. Okay. uh, Sorry. I forgot my train of thought. It was dream. dream, dream, dream. We could go play Minecraft right now, but I want to watch dream because that's, it's so funny. It's It's so so entertaining because he's a content creator, but he happens to also be a pro gamer. And so let's take his, uh, Minecraft championship games. He's like uh, the he holds the world record. Dream Hurl, Dream is the second world record holder, or at least the top. He's like one point fourteen and one point fifteen world record holder for the fastest speed run for a random seed in Minecraft. I actually did. I didn't know that. I know he did yeah. world record runs as content. He beat I realized Illumina was- a bunch of times. Like he and Illumina have been neck and neck. Uh, but anyway, so one point sixteen has thrown that out the window. So whatever. But um. Yeah, so if, but let's take um, any competition that Dream plays with, you know, the Dream team, uh, George Not Found and Sapnap. Uh, whenever they play their um, Bed Wars or Minecraft competitions, I think they're called MCC, uh, I don't like that content as much. Sure, it's great because they're content creators, but at that point, when it's getting into like the competitive part of Minecraft, I'm just like, eh. That's not for me. I'm just going to keep playing Minecraft over here. You know, like, I, I don't really want to do the competition stuff. If you make content and it's funny, and I know that it's going to be funny, I'll watch it, sure. But that, pro, like, once it gets to the pro gamer stuff, I'm just going to feel bad that I'm not a pro gamer. You know, I'm not I'm not at that level. And so it, it, it it's harder to watch almost when I see that there's something that I can play that I automatically don't qualify for because I'm not as good at. And so it kind of it turns me off as a casual gamer for some of these things to see these amazing pro gamers, you know, succeeding so much and doing what they love and that I can't because, you know, it's just casual. Exactly. I think that's another can of worms. (laughs) And I guess let's finish off this topic. The last we looked at how they, how gamers view the creators, how they view the pros. How do you think we view each other? And we talked on this a little bit, like you and me, when we first met, like you are a gamer. That's, immediate immediate acceptance it doesn't matter what you play i was like hell yeah let's do it and i, I don't even think i had played injustice to that point but i was like i'm on this train and this has got to be in my opinion gaming if you're already in it one of the most opening and welcoming communities in the world some games don't really welcome outsiders like league for example if you don't know how to play, get the fuck out because I don't want oh you my on my God. team. I hate League. I hate League so much. <laughs> but within the community, and maybe some and some games do encourage you to come, we're just like, hell yes. Like you are immediate acceptance. I don't care what you play. I don't really care what console you're on. You could be PC, Master Race, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, Stadia, Game Boy, phone. Uh, you're, you're just accepted. I, no, I, there, I don't think there's any more console wars. There used to be, but I think that's died down enough, at least in the casual gaming community. Like yeah. no one really cares which console you're in. Yeah, especially with crossplay now becoming more yeah. thing, like no one cares. But this has got to be one of them in general, that we're going to have the bad people, one of the most opening and welcoming communities to be a part of it. What's your take on that? Mm-hmm. I think in person, yes. I think if okay. I'm meeting you and I'm like, yo, I play this game, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. You'll be like, oh, oh, here's here's a controller. Let's play. Like, I don't care how good you are. I just want to play with a person in person, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exactly what we did when I said I love uh, 
<laughs> when I said I loved the Flash, and I I don't think I'd ever played Injustice before, but you were just like, "Yo, I got Injustice right over there." I think we were both maybe intoxicated, and we just we just whipped out controllers and played played Injustice: Gods Among Us. It was great, and it was such a a a good icebreaker. I think games are a great icebreaker. I think that that's the conclusion I've come to. Like, it doesn't matter what back you come from if you play the same game you have something to talk about it's it's a hobby it's a good hobby to have especially in this modern day when a lot of people play games and so in that regard the community aspect is very accepting i think as soon as you take it online or in a competitive sense or in an area that like you have trolls it gets less accepting but as a basis i think for making friends and i think for you know playing with each other when you uh when you otherwise wouldn't have like for instance we've played with so many of our friends in uh this quarantine season uh that you know i i've rekindled my friendship with you i've rekindled my friendship with some of our other friends and some of your roommates uh and it, it's just been great to keep us all connected and i feel like in that regard the community is super accepting and also like a way to bring people together again because they have that common interest and it's really easy nowadays to just you know get your controllers and go online and play together i think you said you said it as <laughs> great as you can like it's true it, it just really really is I, in person or amongst people you know, like what you t taking anything online is a dangerous game because it's the internet and we all know what the internet's about, but in person or amongst friends, I don't think if anybody said, can blank play with us, I would ever say, unless I had a personal vendetta against that person, like can total stranger play with us? You bet your ass total stranger can play with us. For example, no, like I was literally like, let's get 10. And so I invited you and you played with, Eight randos. Five. Maybe you knew, maybe like, you knew my sister. But yeah, like, <laughs> like an hour ago, I was playing with people I had never met before, and we were stabbing each other in the back in Among Us five minutes later. Loved it. Love that. <laughs> yep. uh, I think to wrap it up here, because we've been recording for a little over an hour. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I right? I do talk that much, yeah. <laughs> so bringing around the main ideas. Toxicity, yes. Gaming is toxic. But that's because there are certain people who try their best to make it. The majority of people are not. But you're, it's up to the gamers themselves to weed these people out, say, no, we don't want you. And I think they're getting better by the day at doing that. I think gamers, day by day, say no. They reject these people who troll either live streamers or women. Or they're just there to cause havoc. Day after day, more people are saying, get the hell out of here. We don't want you. It's also with the rise of good moderation tools that I've seen, at least on Twitch, ModView beautiful uh, i think i think with gaming communities treating moderation and you know moderating their community so that uh their community follows community guidelines and you know making sure it's a good appropriate place for what the content creator wants their communities to be i think that that's like super crucial and i'm really glad that a lot of a lot of these places a lot of these online platforms are taking it very seriously and I, I think that that's really great and it's going to empower a lot of communities i agree with that they're taking twitch twitch doesn't do everything right but they are taking their they're taking the right steps to make their platform and gaming a welcoming place for everyone and then as far as how games are still viewed in today's society whereas maybe 10 years ago things are moving in the right direction I think 10, maybe 15 years ago, people looked at games and said, if they weren't a part of the scene, said, mm, no, waste of time. I'm not even going to 
touch it, it's such a waste of time. Now, it's still a waste of time from the outside view, but I want to wait. It's a, it's a fun way to waste my time. The next step is how do we convince those people that it's not just a waste of time. It is an amazing hobby and an amazing place to go to have incredible experiences. That might be worth talking about in a future episode, but that's the state of gaming today from the outside. And what's your final take on that? Honestly, I love gaming. I'm such a gamer girl, but uh, truly after hearing what you've had to say about the community itself and how great it is, I I feel comfortable saying that I am just a gamer. (laughs) You are a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and we will we will touch back on uh, in the future when I come back for when we have our uh, zombie podcast next, and yeah, next uh, is a zombie our podcast. Among Us Minecraft crossover next. Bleep that out if you want to keep it secret. <laughs> uh, but when I come back next, maybe I'll have a name. Maybe I'll find my gamer identity. She'll be able to do the shameless plug, and then to round it all out, <laughs> amongst ourselves, we have. The greatest create, I think, listen, Hollywood does what they do well. We have some of the greatest creators in the world in our space because anyone can, I am doing this. You are doing this. We are two pretty average people, I'd say, with average skill sets as far as production goes, and we're doing it, which enables so many people to create. We have so many great creators. And even for, if you like the games, we have the pros. The pro scene in America is not as big as overseas. But there, it's so accessible in the sense that, like, if you can play, you can get better. You can be a pro. There's just so much and so many people that even if you can't, you can't, you're going to find one creator that you love or you're going to find one pro team that you want to support. And I can't say that about every pro sport. And I can't say that about every movie, per se. Maybe movies, maybe TV, you can find at least one show that you like. But it speaks to how ubiquitous gaming is that it could be on par with movies and television. Couldn't have said it better myself. That was awesome. All right. And on that note, it's time for the shameless plugs. Are you ready? Oh, my God. I don't even have a shameless plug anymore. Uh, Insert me later. Thanks. Shameless plug. (laughs) All right. So as everybody knows, I am Matthew, a.k.a. The Deadly Showman. You can find me on YouTube at uh, I am The Deadly Showman on YouTube. I'm also on Instagram, The Deadly Showman. And I'm Twitter at Deadly Showman because The Deadly Showman was too long of a Twitter handle. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm I'm thinking about trying to do some Twitch stuff in the future. Uh, It seems like a fun place to maybe expand to. We'll come in time. Andy. Shameless plug time for yourself. Where oh, can people God. find which, you now and in the which future? Which shameless plugs do I get? I, honestly, let's just give the whatever works plug. Uh, you can probably find me on Twitch at whatever works. Uh, unfortunately, I had to take out an O at the end. So it's whatever works, no O at the end. Uh, and then Twitter can be whatever works GG. And I think on YouTube, I might also have whatever works. Uh, I tried consolidating, but you know, if you're interested enough, try finding me there, uh, most likely on Twitch. Yep. If Hope you can't, to have a new name soon. <laughs> if you can't find her there, just come click on my content. You'll definitely find her. She's definitely been featured heavily. Love that. <laughs> so, so guys, thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a long time since we had an episode and we're hoping to get episodes pumping out again. I'm thinking we're going to have Andy. I think we're going to have you back as a guest star, maybe even a permanent third chair host, if I'm being totally honest. Who play? That'd be great. Can't wait to talk about zombies. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about zombies either. But until the next one, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and we will see you in the next episode of The Rise. Bye.